This is Charles Gardner, and we're back for podcast number two of uh, CBFC with Boris Suchevich, uh, Charles Gardner, former sports writer at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, and uh, 2006 World Cup observer as I was over in Germany, and now we're really looking at the 2018 World Cup, and we're really happy today to have our first guest, uh, Andrea Novakovic, is with us. Uh, currently with the U.S. national team, and uh, also just signed a new contract with Reading uh, here, Andrea. So congratulations to you. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Well, thanks for being with us. We really appreciate it. Of course. And uh, first of all, I just want to ask you about your latest trip with the U.S. team. I know you were there for the friendlies against Ireland and uh, France. Yes. And uh, what was that experience like? And what do you see with the U.S. team now? that uh, we're kind of in the rebuilding phase. You're a big part of it right now. Sure, sure. Well, first of all, thanks for having me, guys. I'm really happy to be here and um, just happy to just have a chat with you guys this morning. Um, and uh, like you said, I was there with the national team. Like That was my second call-up um, for the friendlies against Bolivia, Ireland, and France. Um, you know, I made my second appearance uh, against Bolivia, and I was in the squad against Ireland. And then I was uh, I was uh, there uh, for France as well, and uh, like I said, it was it's an honor to be called up to the to the national team. You know what I mean? And um, I just try to enjoy the experience and just learn from from good players and, and coaching staff and, and everything. And and like you said, it's a it's a transitioning period right now. Um, getting over the disappointment of not qualifying for the World Cup. But, you know, we're positive, you know, a lot of guys like myself, you know, got the opportunity because, because we didn't qualify, you know, so it's a lot of young, hungry guys um, involved and you saw that, you know, we got a result against the France 1-1, uh, you know, they have world-class players. That was that, a great result, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, they, I mean, people can say what they want about the performance or whatever, but they're getting ready for the World Cup, they're one of the favorites maybe, and we, you know, we got a result with a good group of guys that are young and hungry and you know and, and talented and you know and we just we're just getting our opportunity now and hopefully you know we can just keep showing uh, what we can do and and just believing in ourselves and just you know crack it on with uh, club level stuff and when you get your chance uh, with the national team you know try to show your best. Now Andre you're from Muskego correct yeah. And, yeah. and how did you grow up in the game? Uh, here, here in the United States. How, uh, how did you grow up and you know become such an accomplished player to where you could get in the U.S. national team? Yeah, it was all um, you know. My family's got a background in Serbia. You know, my my mom and dad are both Serbian, and uh, it's a big, big part of our culture over there. You know, uh, sports and you know soccer, football. Yes. Um, especially so. Um, yeah, from little, you know, we played with the local club, like United Serbians. United um, Serbians. Yeah, right? we played. Um, you know, my uncle and my dad were coaching. Good family friends of ours, and we 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 had a good core group of guys growing up. You know, my cousins. We played together from you know from when we started walking, and you know, friends, and you know, always just messing around with the ball, and and uh, we just we always wanted to you know just be out there and just play and just talk about it, and you know, we watched the Premier League and and all that stuff. You know, I remember my uncle had like Satanto Sports and that, you know, back then and we'd like get up and watch like Manchester United and Arsenal and and it was just, you know, we just enjoyed it and we just had fun and, you know, we played together like throughout and uh, it was just, you know, big, big in our, um, in your you know, family, in our, family, in in our family. life, you know, so and we just kept, uh, we just stuck with it, you know, we just kept following our dreams, you know, we're still working hard at it, you know, all my cousins play in college. Um, 
and you know I'm I'm trying my best now as well trying to you know get to where I want to be and everything and what, yeah. yeah, what kind of opportunity is that? Certainly a dream, probably, to be on that next World Cup team. It's of not course. easy, but but yeah. that's the dream, isn't it? Of course it? it's a dream. You know, you know, every kid, you know, wants to play for the country and everything. And, you know, I'm just going to work hard. And you can't really think about it too much. You know, you got just got to take game by game, by game, day by day, trainings, and just working hard. And that's all I'm trying to do right now. You know, I had a long season. And I uh, just came back from the camp, you know, with the national team. And I got a few weeks before I got to go back for preseason already. So, you know, trying to relax and trying to, you know, get my mind right for the next season. Well, tell us a little about that. You said uh, you signed a new contract with Reading, but you'll be out on loan. And what is your team in Hull? Yes, uh, Fortuna Sitter. Um, I just signed a loan agreement with them. They're in the Eredivisie, which is the first league in Holland. First division in Holland. And, um, you know, our preseason starts now in July. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to, you know, it's a new challenge. It's going to be difficult, but you know, that's, that's what it's about. You know, you want to improve yourself. You want to not be comfortable. You want to want to just keep trying trying your best. And you know, that's, that's what I'm trying to do. Describe your game. You're a, a forward uh, that can hold the ball, right? You can hold the ball up a little bit. You, you, you're able to score goals. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a rare commodity yeah, in, I mean. in the game sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, that's, I mean, yeah, that's a job, isn't it, you know? So <laughs> I got I got to do it. So. <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, like you said, uh, you know, I'm a bigger guy. I, I try to hold it up. But uh, I also like to play with, uh, you know, uh, maybe not tip, what's not typical of, of me or, you know, it's a bit unorthodox. Is I'm, I am a bigger guy, but, I you know, I feel like I do have a bit more... Uh, I like to play on the ground. You go with your feet. I'm, you're I'm good okay. With your feet. <laughs> yeah, <thank> you. <laughs> right. And I try. I try to be at least, you know. So, um, you know, I think that's a good quality of mine. It's a bit. Um, it's a bit different. And, so. Yeah. No question. No question. What What do you feel, uh, Andre? I have to ask you with the U.S. team and the organization right now. David Sarakin, obviously, kind of uh, taking the team through this period, but. Now Ernie Stewart's in uh, the U.S. will be looking for a new coach. How have the young players reacted and uh, your teammates on the U.S. team, and what do they feel about the future? Are they optimistic uh, looking at the next four-year cycle? And uh, obviously we don't know the new coach yet. Sure, sure. No, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, we definitely optimistic about the, the future, you know what I mean? Um, nobody's really paying attention about the coaches this and that because you know we're you know we're professional we got to do our job you know we can't look at what's what's going on like behind the scenes Dave is a great guy you know he's talking to people he's um, you know he tells his ideas and stuff to us and what he wants from us and everything so you know he's you know he's He's can, done a good job. He's done a good job. You know, he's got good results. Um, he's like, well, he's he's had it for three or four camps now, right? Uh, three or four games or whatever, and he's done good. He's had he's had good results, and he's brought new guys in. He's gave many guys like myself their first cap and stuff. So, yeah. and like I said, you know, we're not really, you know, you can't really look at that. You can only, you know, try to give your best and focus on what you can control and stuff. And I think that's what Dave's looking at it too. You know, he doesn't know what's going to happen. Um, you know, I think they just extended his contract through the through this period or whatever. Right, right. And um, you know, he's professional. You know, he he knows what he's got to do, and if they want to change, and so be it. You know, and and uh, we're gonna see. We're gonna see what happens. But uh, I think he's done a great job, and I think you know, there's a lot of good good players out there, and you know, there's optimism, and 
and yeah, we just gotta focus and, and see what's uh, what we can do for the next one. Very good, and yeah, it's really given a lot of young guys, Tim Weah, uh, some of these young guys uh, a chance, right? Uh, that maybe the American fans haven't seen, didn't know as much about, sure. but now they're be starting to become names. Of course, man, of course, you know, I mean, it's, it's always good, you know, young players are we're hungry, we want to show, we want to prove, and, you know, we want to prove ourselves and see, show what we can do, you know what I mean, so, it's a, it's an exciting time, I think, um, you know, it's a bit disappointing, but, you know, you have to look at the positives, and that's how I like to look at it, you know, through every negative, there's got to be a positive, and, this was a positive for many players like myself, so so we just got to keep focused and just keep working hard. You know. What was it like for you in that Bolivia game to be in the game? You didn't get to play in the in the next two, yeah, right? Yeah. But but talk, uh, what what was it like in that yes. Bolivia game to be on the field in those U.S. colors? Yeah, of course, it's, <laughs> it's an amazing feeling every time. You know, you put the you put the kit on for the for the national team. Um, you know, I got got my chance, got a little bit of a run out. You know, I thought I did well, got in some good areas. You know, and I thought you know it was a good result, good performance overall from everyone. A couple of the lads got some goals, you know, on their debuts and stuff. On their debut. So it was, uh, I think it was overall like very positive performance. And for me individually, it was nice. My family was there, and your family got to yeah, go. Yeah, my cousins <laughs> and uh, my mom and dad were there, and uh, my brother and. Um, you know, my sister couldn't come. She was uh, busy with school, but <laughs> she, she had school. Yeah, but uh, it was nice. It was nice. It was a good experience. Very good. I have to ask you before I let you go. I want to ask you about the World Cup and your impressions. We were talking about some of the goals, yeah. and uh, we were mentioning that Nacho goal was yeah. crazy for Spain. And sure, sure. what have you liked so far? What, who, who's impressed you? Uh, what do you think? I know you're watching this World Cup very closely. Sure, sure, man. Yeah, like we, we mentioned before, you know, that uh, Nacho goal. For me, that was my favorite goal so far. The Nacho Yeah, goal. it was amazing. The technique, how we, you know, the camera angle they got behind That was a beautiful <laughs> shot, <laughs> beautiful. wasn't it? Yeah, I really enjoyed that goal. But yeah, I think it's been exciting. And like, like we mentioned earlier, you know, there's no... If you ask me now who's going to win the World Cup, I, I couldn't... I couldn't tell you because there was, you know, so many teams just like, you know, Germany, Brazil had poor results at the beginning, you know, and, and stuff like this. So we'll see, man. But uh, I've been, it's been exciting because I think, uh, I think a team that, you know, we're not used to seeing or whatever can, can really, you know, show and, and do something uh, interesting. You know? Any dark horse favorite that you have? Um, Serbia. I'm obviously watching Serbia. <laughs> Serbia, right? And a beautiful goal by Kolarov. Beautiful goal by Kolarov. Just in their first match. Yeah, man. I mean, I think, you know, obviously I'm cheering for Serbia. Yeah. Um, but no, I... I think I think there's a lot of good teams. You know, Ronaldo in Portugal there. What about know, Ronaldo? What Ronaldo, do you think about he's, that? He's <laughs> Four goals in two games. Yeah, you can never count him out, man. You know, yeah. people talking about how good his team is, this and that. But you know, he like in the Euro. You know, I think I don't think they won a game until like the knockout stages. Even then, they were winning like on penalties and stuff, and they got to the final right. without winning. You know, so. <laughs> um, they, they have they find a way they sometimes. find a way you know and and it's just teams like that that excite me you know just like think people oh maybe you know maybe they can do it you know so it's definitely been interesting and i'm looking forward to it you know croatia plays today and croatia stuff, so. also today is off to a good start yeah so we'll see man we'll see we're always looking out and i like the young players the uh, golovin from russia, from russia. I, think, I think he's a good russia. player you know I'm, I'm surprised with them too you know i mean 
maybe not surprised. I, I knew they'd be motivated and ready for the World Cup in their own in their own country. You know? But uh, yeah. you know, they did have a poor like uh, you know they, they didn't really win like seven games until like the start well, or something. The like run that. up was not too good. Yeah, but uh, no, they proved uh, you know they they showed well. I think they made their fans proud and everything, and I, I like to see that you know. And they got some you know like nice players on that team and. You know, I'd like to see them go a little bit far. You know, it's not. It'll be nice for the host country to, to do it. You know, so we'll see, man. But it's definitely been interesting. I'm really enjoying it so far. Very good. And so for in this next four years, your your hopes or your plans just to try to stay in there with that U.S. team when there are call-ups and see if uh, and if you're getting playing time in Holland, that that could help you out. Of course, man. And it's all about development. Like I said earlier, developing, always learning, always trying to like work hard and just just try try my best, really, you know. And enjoy it. You know, you gotta enjoy it because it's a short career. It's yes. a short life, you know. So you gotta enjoy it. And in these times now, I'm. I'm I'm at home relaxing, trying to clean my mind with things and, and make sure I'm ready for the new season. But, uh, you know, just like I said, enjoying and, and working hard. Well, Andrea, thank you so right. much for being yeah, with us today. Me, yeah. It was great to see great you. To meet and you, best man. of luck uh, the rest of the summer and going into your fall season. Thanks a lot, man. All right. All right. Take thank it easy. You. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Now we're back after our interview with Andrea. And uh, we thank him so much for... Uh, for coming, and uh, Boro, you know him very well. Let's just start out just with one question for you about him before we get into the rest of the World Cup coverage. Uh, how excited are, are you? I know you're very close with his family, and uh, to see him having this success uh, over in Europe and, and having a chance to find his way into the U.S. national team. Yeah, it was really great to see him, too. I haven't seen him in a few years as well, and. Uh you know, just from the standpoint of Wisconsin soccer and all that, you know, it's it's a joy that that, that we have another another player from here that's involved. You know, uh, we, we need to remember our Wisconsin soccer history. Gene Edwards was president of the United States Soccer Federation. Bob Gansler was the head coach of our national team. We have a rich G history absolutely. in Wisconsin. Jimmy Banks played in the World Cup as well for our, our country, and as you know, Brian McBride, Tony's son, had an affiliation with the Rampage, making the national team. Played with the but, Rampage. But, you know, uh, Andrea is a, is a Wisconsin a through and through boy. You know, he's born here, and he, he's gone through youth soccer here and all that, and he's moved on, and, and he's gotten a call up to our country. So I just think it's really, really nice to see someone from our state getting to that stage, and, and of course, I uh, wish him the best of luck. We'd love to see him in the next World Cup. It would make our podcast a little bit better if he was in there. Hey, we'll take it. We'll take it. If he's in Qatar, uh, that would be fantastic. And we want to make sure the U.S. will be in Qatar. We're, oh, we will be. We sure. will be we will this be. time. So, But uh, best of luck to him and playing over in Holland in the first division. That's a great opportunity on loan from Redding. Uh, a great opportunity for him. Now, we're going to talk about what's transpired so far in the first week of the World Cup. Moral, but uh, plenty has gone down, <laughs> so we got a lot to talk about. But uh, first of all, I'm just going to ask you uh, what you think have been the biggest surprises so far. We've seen some with Iceland, Senegal, Russia playing, you know, out of out of its mind. We might say as the host team, uh, really surprising people with scoring uh, what was it, five goals and three goals, eight goals in two matches, and and. Uh, 
what do you see Japan uh, beating Colombia? So what has been the biggest surprise for you so far, and what's your general impression of that first week of the World Cup? Well, I think uh, all the games have been tremendous. The only game that I thought could offer more was the Croatia-Nigeria, because Croatia scored. That was disappointing. It. Yeah, so it, it was really played at a, at a very controlled level. All the other games have been tremendous, up and down, with ton of ton of this and that, controversies, VARs and so on, a lot of goals and everything. But without a doubt, I would have to say that Russia is the biggest surprise so far. Lowest ranked team. No, no one saw this coming. Everybody thought that they were going to struggle in their own group. Yes. Everybody had Salah and Egypt, literally, you know, being as the number two team in the group. That very first game, I mean, as credit to the Russians, I thought that the as hosts really, the atmosphere is great, stadiums are full, color is nice, fans are enjoying themselves, and they go out and they shoot five goals. <laughs> crazy. Uh, crazy, crazy game. And for an opening game, too. Usually the openers are, they don't offer much, you know. Right. I still remember the game that, uh, you know, uh, the opener in Chicago in 94. I was there and covered it, Bolivia and, and Germany. Exactly. Mark Lechevery's red card and all that. So sometimes the openers tend to let you down. And But I think this this Russia game really set the tone. Set the tone. Five goals. And then follow that up with uh, with another great performance, 3-0. They're through now. Now they're challenging for first place. Right. Now and, they were going against Uruguay for the top spot. Yeah, and based on the way Uruguay has played and struggled to, to get results, I mean, I really wouldn't bet against Russia in that game. So you could be looking at Russia finishing even first in a group, that itself would be an unbelievable accomplishment for the Russians, and probably what the biggest surprise, I, I think, so far. And then they may play Spain or Portugal, at least there's a chance of mm -hmm. that, in the uh, first knockout round, and that could be really interesting. The Japan and the uh, Senegal uh, results, uh, Senegal versus Poland, I think, uh, that itself, a big disappointment from the Polish team, Lewandowski and company. Just, they didn't offer much really and I think that they were really really surprised with with the way Senegal played there was this unbelievable freedom of expression for the for the Senegal players they were up and down running they, they jumping, were lively fighting, weren't they absolutely. they were they were really and, playing uh, fast and and playing uh, together exactly they really played with no fears where you saw a, a Poland team that I thought expected to win very tactical they, they started out slow they could never get into the game and as we know then that, that goal that second goal which crazy you know, goal where crazy the goal, uh, absolutely where the uh, fourth referee or the uh, the uh, fourth official waved uh, the player on and he scored Mian I think it was yeah. who scored the beautiful goal it was exciting to watch unless you were Poland it wasn't so exciting for for their team but here as he comes off, waved on legitimately by the official, and it just happens there's a back pass right to his path. Uh, we talked about it, we said it looked like a hockey line change, and boom, it's two to nothing. And that was one of the most stunning moments in the World Cup. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, as I watched that goal happen, uh, majority of the game so far, teams have been very, very good about kicking the ball out of bounds with any injuries. Yes. Poland chose not to kick the ball out on a foul. They kept playing. They kept playing. Then there was a, an angry challenge by a Senegalese player saying, stop the play, really clobbers a, a, a player right. from Poland. Poland takes a quick free kick. They keep playing. 
the injured player is now off in midfield. The center back, the two central defenders are all not paying attention. He gets waved on. They're basically sleeping, not even paying attention. Ball gets intercepted, played through, and then all the complaining goes to the sh what happened, what happened. Really, what really happened is Poland should have kicked the ball out. That would eliminate the problem. In the very First beginning. And, foremost. and, and not exactly. a lot of people talked about exactly. that. Exactly. And the second thing is that the center backs at that level should be experienced enough to know an injured player can come on, look at the referee, look at the player, one eye on the player, and the referee, pay attention. Really. Be aware. They fell asleep, they and were. they paid for it. Yeah. Cost them. And uh, Chesley came out. But was he too late, uh, or, or did he? Uh, to me, it looked like he was the one guy who kind of realized what was happening, but he had the farthest to run. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and he, he, you know, if he doesn't get there in time, it's a record. Right. So he couldn't right. go, and, and, he, and he pulled up as he got there, and then, and then you know, the and, and that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So interesting, interesting. And, and, and the Japan game, even though, you know, a huge result, big, big upset against, you know, uh, Colombia. Against Colombia, absolutely. Uh, Red card really changed them. Changed third minute, exactly. third minute exactly. red card. Yeah. So and then and they uh, took advantage. They did, and you know, after one one, what I'll say about that upset is that uh, Colombia deserved to lose because if you're going to allow uh, a, a short forward from Japan to all jump Jimenez and go deep, the know, header goal yeah. in the second half for Japan that exactly. was the difference. That, yeah, the yeah. header goal. So it's yeah, yeah, really, it's all it's all on them really on that one. Well, let's talk about. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to get to the stars in a bit, but but before we do that, Bor, let's talk about the VAR. That is such a big part of the World Cup now, and a change that we have the review, and uh, nobody knew how this was going to work out, but so far, it seems to be working out in that the reviews are taking uh, little time, the calls seem to be going the right way, and a few missed calls by the referees have been reversed or made right by the VAR. And uh, I was surprised, really, how efficiently it's working. Now, we may have some big controversy later, but what's your take on the VAR so far? I think this morning we had one, uh, speaking of the Australia-Denmark game, where a handball was not called, but it was a clear handball. And this was Mark Geiger, the U.S. referee, who was the VAR ref today. And they got it right by all accounts, and that was a time goal for Australia. Yeah, wh whatever image problems FIFA had because of corruption prior to the World Cup and all that, I think all that is being cleansed and forgotten simply because VAR has been excellent. They've been so spot on, and I also think it brings a whole other level of, of justice, and, uh, sporting justice, as you say, where now you feel that as you play, if there is something on an offsize, if there is something off the ball, if, if, if there is something on a handball or a PK, it will be looked at and the right decision will be made. Uh, made. Even if everybody doesn't call it, they go back. So they've been tremendous. I think some of the loose stats here is I think they, they gave uh, five PKs, including this morning ones, yep. that were initially no calls. There so were no calls. That, that's, that's tremendous. That, that's, that's absolutely brilliant. Uh, th there was an off-the-ball incident in the Serbia game where the player extended his hand into a face. It was looked at. wasn't a red card. was a yellow card. Another good call. Uh, there was an offside goal that was uh, uh, that Iran scored against Spain, and that was disallowed. 
rightfully so. A big call, but the right call Absolutely. yesterday so in, I, Spain, yeah, in so, Spain, so Iraq. We are yet to see a, 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 a bad uh, VAR decision. I don't think we will. Really? I think the world really? is watching. I just think that Russia being under pressure with their own image problems as well, and FIFA with their own image problems, as we mentioned, the corruption thing. I think this, this World Cup is going to be, they're going to make every effort to do everything so right just to build trust in everything. Yeah, they have a chance here. Absolutely. And, and so the VAR, brilliant. a lot of people had said that it was way overdue, and it looks that way. It was overdue, but it's here now, and it's making a big difference in this World Cup. Uh, no doubt about it. Now, I want to mention, uh, we got busy talking to Andrea to begin our podcast, but we are at the Highbury. I think I neglected to mention, and we don't want to neglect that. We're at the Highbury, one of the great soccer bars in America, right here on uh, KK in Milwaukee. And we're in the back room, which was kind of our hangout four years ago, as you remember, Boro, for uh, some of the uh, video we did. But this will be our hangout part of the time as well during this World Cup. And we have a lot of Peruvian fans and French fans coming in uh, this morning because Peru is playing France in a bit here. And it may get loud, so we may have to shout. But uh, here we are, and uh, great to see all the fans. I was here for the Peru-Denmark match a few days ago, and this place was packed, and the Peruvian fans were so excited being here. Uh, the first time in the World Cup, I think in... Uh, what, 36 years it was for Peru. Uh, so, it's very exciting, and we expect they'll be in here again today. Uh, when Mexico beat Germany on Sunday, uh, I wasn't here, but I heard they were singing ballads, and it was a great day uh, for the Mexican fans, of course, and a lot of them here. So there's still a lot of excitement uh, about this World Cup. Uh, well, let's transition that to talking about Mexico. One of the big surprises, uh, playing the defending champion Germany in the first match, getting a 1-0 result, coming out with a ton of energy. We saw Chicharito crying at the end of the match, how much this meant to Mexico and its fans throughout the world. And what do you think about that match? And are they a real threat as we go on through the tournament world? I think I'll still stand my earlier prediction that Germany will finish first, I think is a... You think they still yeah, can? I, I, I think that Germany... got to really, get it together. Yeah, I think Germany looked at this game as that with all this stuff that was happening in Mexican Kansas, scandalous uh, sex scandal and all that, and, you know, with the infighting and media and coach under pressure being asked to resign and everything, all credits to Mexicans for coming out and playing an unbelievable How game. about Osorio? Yeah. you got to give him a uh, lot he, of credit. You really pulled them together. The team played for the coach, I think, first, country second. Got a great result. Now, I think Osorio said it the best. This is for the people that supported us, but this is also for the people that were against us. For our, uh, you know, for the people that were I heard that quote. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, you know, in terms of Germany, I think... Uh, the team is, it's an aging team. I think uh, the goalkeeper, Neuer, I think he could have probably, if he was fit, you know, I think he would have probably saved that. Should uh, they play Ter Stegen? Like no, I don't their, think they Their will. backup isn't too bad, is he? Absolutely. He's a Barcelona goalkeeper, but... Uh, How can he not play in the World Cup? Yeah, see, but uh, having said that, you know, it's an aging uh, German team. A lot of guys are from the 14 roster. Yes. In my opinion, uh, Ozil does not belong in the field. I think he's he really hurts them uh, the way he's playing. He's really not informed with you know, Arsenal as well. 
But, uh, you know, got to give some credit to the Mexicans here because when, once they scored, I mean, God, wasn't it beautiful to watch the way they defended? Every shot, one or two players were throwing their bodies, heads, blocked every shot. They really put their bodies on the line. And what a great, great win. This is one for their... For the ages, this, this is, is a great one. Build, absolutely. But I still think that uh, as we look at the group and all that, uh, they still got they, some work to do, yeah. don't they, Boro? They yeah. got South Korea next, mm -hmm. and they would have Sweden in the final game. Yeah. So I think it'll come down to. For me, I think uh, uh, Germany beats Sweden. I think Germany beats South Korea. I think Mexico, Sweden, the last game will decide the second place. Will decide yeah. the spot. So. So you see Germany rebounding, and certainly they have a chance because South Korea and Sweden. Not the strongest sides, mm -hmm. decent sides. We can got the result with the penalty kick from their captain in the uh, against South Korea, uh, and and you know deserve it. I think a deserved win, but we'll see how how that plays out. See, you know what? what if you watch uh, allow all the group play, watch teams play from Africa, Asia, South America, Europe, and so on. I think what you see in Sweden is that's really organized defensive counterattacking, straight a lot of straight ball downfield, and they find a way to score one. They're talented enough to score one goal without give, giving anything. Right. There. And then you're looking at the other way, the way Mexico plays, the way Spain plays, which is short possession, keeping the ball forever. I think uh, if I get my stats here right. I watched both of uh, Spain's games, and I'm picking them to get to the final. I think Spain in the first game completed like over 700 passes. The game yesterday, over 800 They passes. talked about that. Absolutely. So you're looking at it's short, 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 and yes. keep going short. While, you know, in any coaching school teaches that it's supposed to be short, short, and then long. So I think the contrasting styles, like in, in the case of Sweden and Mexico. That'll be very interesting. Yeah, what will work? You know, are, uh, will the short, short passing games of... Barcelona's, Manchester City's, yeah. of Spain, and so on. Will prevail. that will that prevail, or are those days over? Is every World Cup brings changes tactically, style-wise, how people view the game, play the game, and all that. And there's always changes following the World Cup. So we will see who comes out on top. But so far, that that Sp Spanish game of that endless, endless the passing, passing game, passing which game. which lulls you into into sleep. And then they, they walk the balls in and, and, and get their goals, obviously. So it'll be interesting. It will be interesting. Mm -hmm. We I want to talk about uh, the stars, and uh, certainly we've had some stars come up uh, already. Lukaku, Harry Kane, and of course Ronaldo with four goals in two matches. Uh, we know that Messi is playing uh, today against Croatia, so we'll see what happens. But he had a rough first match with Iceland really playing a team game and uh, keeping him under control and then of course he, he missed the he had the penalty kick saved uh, by the Iceland keeper Halderson but uh, what do you see to me one of the most surprising stars Diego Costa has uh, come out for Spain and scored three goals in two matches I, I didn't realize he was capable of that well but he's been terrific as that hold up uh, forward and giving them a little different look Ronaldo what can you say? I guess start with Ronaldo and yeah. then talk about who, which stars have really been shining for you. Yeah, I mean, I, you're absolutely right. It is Ronaldo so far, and social media has exploded with uh, what's behind his uh, rubbing his chin and his uh, goatee the goat. after scoring all the goals. So, 
uh, th there's stuff uh, floating around that Ronaldo's a bit upset and is that I'm going battle with Messi who's better who does who's gonna do win more uh, Messi did that gold commercial right and all that so you're looking at Ronaldo that's really I think taking it personal uh, so far oh my god it, it, everything that it does is great for Portugal there's two different things here Portugal basically plays for Ronaldo and Ronaldo is taking advantage of that and scoring his goals and they're getting their results on the other side with Messi He's trying to do everything for Argentina. As I mentioned such a in the first part, such a podcast, he, has. he doesn't have enough support. And unless the coach figures out how to get Dybala, Higuain on the field with Messi and a little bit more, change that midfield. I think that their midfield mix is wrong. And unless yeah. he makes some changes, we could be looking at them going out. At them going and out. you so talked wonderful. about that in the preview. You yeah. said you thought they would not get yeah. out of the I, I really do see them as an underdog against Croatia in a match later on. So we'll see what So the other thing, getting back to the guys like the goal scorers like Harry Kane and Lukaku, they're going to get their goals. I think Lukaku has a chance to, they're going to go deep in the tournament, Belgium. And Lukaku has a chance maybe to, to, to lead World Cup in scoring, for, for sure. I think Messi, he could exit. I mean, so then where do you go with that? You know, I mean, another little disappointing uh, performance there, you know. Diego Costa, on the other hand, I think, you're looking at the traditional center forward. He, he's a real man in the box. He's you a, know, he, he doesn't need much. He can hold that ball. Yeah, you can just play the ball in there, and he will he will battle two guys, this and that, well, and he will get his goals. The first goal he scored, he took on three guys and scored. Remember? Yeah. The first goal he scored in the game against Portugal. Yeah, absolutely. And the game winner yesterday was all him. You know, literally. It was all him. It's, it's deflected, but he mm -hmm. did the spin. Iniesta found him mm -hmm. in the pocket. And boom. He yeah, he's a, he's a tower of strength. Yeah. He's a traditional center forward from the 70s, 80s. He's a handful for, I mean, two guys have a difficult time with him. Yeah. So he could, I mean, as you know, I have Spain going to the you final. You had that final with yeah, Spain, I, Belgium. I, yeah, he's got so. a perfect team. 800 passes, and then Diego in the box, if need be, or something in there. Yeah. They have, I think, have a perfect balance in the team. Um, in the what about Harry Kane? I was really impressed that... Not really, well, obviously with his first goal, but that second goal, when uh, they were under pressure to get a result uh, against Tunisia, it's 1-1, late in the match. I think even the uh, England fans thought, oh, this is going to be a draw, it looked like. And then he made this beautiful play with a header right in front, tucked it inside the near post. What a beautiful goal, and gave his whole country a huge lift. Yeah, having said that, absolutely, Harry Kane will get his goals. He's a natural goal scorer, excellent player. But if you look at the, if you look at that goal, the Tunisian player that's supposed to be with Harry Kane, as the ball is going and he's putting his Where hands was he? <laughs> Well, how do you how do you forget about ah. Harry Kane as the ball is flicked on, on on a corner kick? You can't do that. You can't. I mean, I. Uh, as much as teams like Tunisia, Morocco, Saudi Arabia, some of the teams are actually Iran, they're coming in and really their game has improved. They're learning through the World Cup experiences and all that. They still tend to make such basic defensive mistakes in the box in front of their goals that, that really belongs in the amateur leagues. Well, that's what happened on Ronaldo's goal too. Yesterday, nobody stuck with him and he got that fourth minute goal against Morocco, then Morocco really dominated the rest of the match, mm -hmm. but they don't have a finisher, and they couldn't put any of their chances away. 
Yeah. Is that what you see, Boros? Some of these teams just don't have the finishing touch. They they have some nice play, they have some nice buildup, but you need that guy, a Ronaldo, a Harry Kane, a Lukaku, sometimes to finish, and uh, and uh, some of the teams just don't have that. Yeah, as you know, it's it's not easy to score that many goals, and there's really the modern game really is not. Uh, it's more possession. It's more controlling the midfield, and then finding a way then through. Uh, continuous passing game, flank play, and then creating some stuff inside. Uh, teams play one forward, so that makes it really difficult. The old system we still have to be looking at wingers, like what might come in and get something, but with one forward, it's really hard to put everything on him and say he will get us the goals, you know. I think what the a lot, majority of teams are missing, not only a goal scorer, but they're also missing the players out wide or a player behind the forward that can create for him. So, yeah, I think a lot of it is a style of play. And still what you find in the World Cup is that a lot of teams still play with fear. And they're, they're really hoping not to lose big. They don't want to get exposed on many things. They're there to sort of, it's a learning experience. And unless you're from Senegal, like that team, uh, who plays with no fear. No fear. With that, you or know. Peru. Peru uh, playing that first game end-to-end -end with Denmark. Absolutely. That's what made that game so entertaining. Both teams just played with no fear, it seemed. Mm -hmm. Of course, that was the first group match. But that went end-to-end, -end and uh, that, that had to be kind of the most high-wire game of the whole tournament. See, like, you know, uh, and take it in uh, the team that does have two excellent forwards, Uruguay, with Cavani and Suarez, they're struggling to score goals. I mean, the game winner yesterday was a goalkeeping mistake from Saudi Arabia. I mean, uh, Suarez was awful in the first in game. In the first game. Yeah, Cavani as well. They haven't really done much at all. But, you know, as Uruguay will tell you, you get a 1-0, 1-0, get through, and they, they could catch fire in the quarterfinals, and then you never know with two forwards like that because they're both world-class players, obviously. Very interesting. You don't play for PSG or Barcelona with, you know, without being a They can still get very Absolutely. hot. They, they haven't hot. been so far. But, mm -hmm. right, right. All right. Well, the other thing, we watched the tournament, so we're not in Russia. We're not able to get all that excitement at the Highbury. We've been able to see the excitement with the fans that come in. But a lot of the viewing uh, we have to do is at home. <laughs> this time, or maybe we're watching at home those 7 a.m. games, getting a little coffee. I'm sure a lot of Americans are doing the same thing. Maybe 10 o'clock, maybe they stay for that 10 o'clock game or adjusting their schedules. And uh, I'm wondering uh, what we think of the Fox coverage. I, I'll, I'll kind of give my opinion to begin with. Uh, I think some of it's been very good. You have some of the uh, analysts that... Have, have really been good. Uh, I think a little bit of the coverage has been disjointed. We know it's gone from ESPN to the Fox Networks this time. And so there's a uh, first time for Fox doing the World Cup. Uh, the World Cup tonight, which is the highlight show, uh, I thought was disjointed to begin with. I think it's getting better. They like to have some guests. They've had Clarence Seedorf in there. They've had Hernan Crespo from Argentina. They've had our own Tony Miola. And he's commentating on the games, and I think Tony's doing a great job, in my opinion. Uh, great opportunity for him. We all know him as the goalkeeper uh, from the 90s and, uh, and played for Bob Gansler. And now he's carving out a career as a commentator. Uh, Alexi Lawless, 
of course, uh, is in there with Fox. And uh, uh, what do you think, Boro, of the coverage so far and anything that you see that could be improved? Uh, I'll call it stale, okay. to be honest with you. I, right. I think that uh, you could just see that there's a general disappointment of us not being in the World Cup, and I think that's, that's everywhere in the air. And I just think uh, the other thing that's really uh, obvious to me is this forced enthusiasm for Mexico and CONCACAF. None of the guys in, in the studio are doing a good job with it, so I think they should just drop that and allow the Mexican analysts and all that to sort of carry that. And I get it. I mean, it's good for Fox if they would have, you know, Mexico go fairly far, and it's good for a region if Costa Rica does well or Panama. Uh, absolutely. But in terms of the analysts, all that, all that is that I think JP Del Camera has been excellent. Tony Miola has been excellent. Casey Keller has been excellent. But I think on the other side, you're getting so many of the uh, announcers out of the Premier League games. So they're really top heavy from there. And I, I just don't think that, that they are doing a good enough job with covering the, the non-traditional teams and in these uh, Southern European teams, the Eastern European teams, Asian teams and all that. So I think we could do a lot better there. So I think uh, they have to find a way how to find better representation. You know, sticking a former player uh, in a mic, well, it's certainly enough to have someone like Crespo on. You know, he's, that's not his business. Great players don't necessarily make great analysts. You know, so I think they could do a little bit better, but I do find that the whole thing, the shows and, and, and a, lot of, a lot of the games, just a bit stale. I think they could dress it up. Let's wake up. The games are great. First round is tremendous. Nobody expected it. There's a lot of goals, great games, a lot of upsets. Hey, let's, let's, let's just get some Russian vodka, some beers, and let's just say, you know, you know, the Russians are uh, most tickets have been sold to Russia. Second most is the United States. United States. Third most is China, Chinese fans. So our fans are there anyway. So let's just enjoy it and shout a little bit. Let's just make it a little bit more fun. Let go of the disappointment and, and let Mexico do what they got to do. But let's stop pretending that we deeply care for Mexico. We don't. We don't, as USF fans, we don't want Mexico to make it to the semifinal or the final. What would that really mean? You know, I don't think, truly speaking, I don't think no, no outlaw, American outlaw, would be truly happy to see Mexico do phenomenal in the country. Well, it's an interesting dynamic. Uh, I'm hoping they do well. But, uh, it, Normally, when the U.S. is playing them, of course, that's the opposite. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Mexico fan. I always have been. I support Mexico. Watch all their games and everything. But I'm still saying is that is that USA fans, literally, you have to look at the the, the qualifications and all the big rivalry and all that. In no one can tell me truthfully that you wish well to your biggest rival. You don't. It is a rival. Yeah, it that is, a that rival. is for sure. And uh, that won't go away just because the U.S. isn't in the World Cup. Dos Acero exists for a reason. Uh, right. Oh, no, I, re I remember that. And uh, Columbus. And, of course, Mexico won in Columbus this time, yeah. and that was a big reason uh, the U.S. did not qualify for the World Cup. So it's, uh, it's going to be very interesting as we move along. And now we've got kind of the pressure ratcheting up with some of these uh, second group games and the third group games are going to be fascinating. And some, you can tell, some teams that we expect to go through probably will not go through. Uh, Iran still has a chance to get through in, uh, in Group B. Uh, they, they're not out of it yet. They're playing Portugal. 
uh, on the last day, and we're starting to see what some of those third matchups will look like. Uh, Iceland-Croatia could be a big match. Uh, Serbia-Brazil, we're going to have some great matches. England-Belgium already shaping up. And uh, so we'll be talking about that in our future future podcast. Yeah, I mean, fortunately for the fans, Poland losing, uh, then having Germany lose. Yes. Uh, heading the other way, Argentina tying, then having Peru and Denmark, that Peru losing and Denmark on my end, Portugal, Spain tying, then having uh, Russia do what they did. I mean, there's potential for all sorts of stuff here. That's I mean, really we could lose topsy-turvy a bit. I mean, imagine if, if Croatia beats Argentina, we lose Messi. Imagine if Senegal was, wins the next match, uh, we could lose Paul and Lewandowski. Right. Imagine if Sweden uh, ties or beats Germany, we could lose the defending champs. Champs. I mean, so it's, yeah, there's a ton of possibilities. I mean, Brazil now being in the position that they're at. Well, and I, mean, I didn't ask you about Brazil. What did uh, we should uh, finish up with that? Perhaps uh, they're playing against Costa Rica our time. Now you may listen mm-hmm. to this after they've already played, but they're playing on Thursday morning against Costa Rica. They had the draw against Switzerland. Surprising, I thought, Boro. That was one case the VAR should have been used. That was a clear push off that that uh, got Switzerland the goal. And uh, I know Brazil complained about it, and mo- many people would say, hey, Brazil should just win. It doesn't matter. One, yeah, one foul in the box. But, but in all fairness, Miranda is an experienced center back for Brazil. I mean, his body positioning on that goal is absolutely wrong. It was bad. The corner kick is, he's looking at the ball on the corner. He gets a little shove, yes, nudge. Yeah. Uh, was it blatant? You know, the guy knew what he was doing, but it wasn't really that obvious. You could call it, you could not. But what Miranda is looking at the ball, he's not paying attention to the guy. If he has his left eye on the on the ball, and he has his right eye on the attacker, and he has his back to his own goal, that goal doesn't happen. I mean, he, you know, he's looking at the ball. So he, his positioning, forward, was, his positioning wrong. was wrong. So, you know, okay. you can complain all you want, but all of this goes away from what I always call naive defending. Ball is in the box. If you just prevent the guy from you're marking from scoring, you always have numbers up plus a goalkeeper. Goal cannot happen. It, to me, it's naive defending, and I think it's, you know, it's, you can complain all you want. It was costly. Yeah, I mean, it was really costly. was bad defending. The referee, they did look at it. And that's one of those where it wasn't two-handed, obvious. He gave him a little nudge with one hand. But if, would have, if you would have taken that one back, then I think the rest of the World Cup, you, you can make that call 60 times a game. On then every then that'd be too much. Yeah. That'd be too so much. So this yeah. is where they're trying to get the VAR yeah. just right. We saw Piquet with the two-handed push mm-hmm. that, on Ronaldo. That's different. And that was different. Yeah. Right? So I, again, I think the VAR has been excellent. It, it, it was. It, well, there wasn't enough of a push for that, and Miranda really should have defended that. Okay. Very, End of story. Very good. Very good. So we will see Brazil. See what's happening with them. Some of the favorites in trouble, and we'll talk about that on the next podcast, Oral. And uh, thanks so much for being here. We thank Joe Katz from the Highbury for hosting us today. Wonderful back room at the Highbury. And I've seen fans in here watching the matches, so certainly uh, come on down and uh, watch some of the matches. Uh, it's a lot of fun here, and a lot of Milwaukeeans have, uh, have discovered this. Yeah. For people that are not familiar with Highbury Sports Bar, is this is one of the truly great places to see, see a soccer game. Uh, cozy, artisan on the wall, pictures, everything, great atmosphere. 
fans really get into the games and everything. So this is really a definitely a bucket list, lucky bucket list. Come on down, Joe Katz, great host, owner. Uh, you'll enjoy the soccer experience. And of course, the games are great, so come on down. Go Peru. <laughs> All right, and we're done. We're out for today. And uh, we'll be back for podcast number three when uh, things are really heating up uh, for the knockout rounds. Thanks again.